I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for being with us on an extended version of Inside Sources. We'll go all the way till three o'clock, and we'll turn it over to the great Jeff Kaplan to guide you home on a beautiful Friday. Uh, but really excited right now to be joined in studio uh, by Neil Abercrombie, Vice President of Government Relations at Utah State University. Go Aggies. Uh, thanks for joining us in, stu- in studio, Neil. Thanks, Boyd. Hey, as we were uh, chatting on the phone today, we were talking about some events that are coming up that that we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, but you mentioned a, uh, a really interesting survey that came out. We're always talking about the value of higher education. What does it really mean for kids? Are they... Are they coming out of college with anything that's going to help them climb the economic ladder or do better uh, in their communities? Uh, and you pointed out a, a really interesting survey by Washington Monthly. Uh, tell us a little bit about what that is, and then we'll talk about how the Utah schools did from there. Yeah, uh, thanks, Boyd. I appreciate the time uh, on air with you. So a couple of things, and I, we, I know we were talking about it a little bit this morning, but this whole value question for higher yeah. education, I think, that's a critical question for us internally at the university with colleagues across mm-hmm. the nation. And quite honestly, we haven't done a great job of providing an answer. I think we've been a little bit on our heels and maybe mm-hmm. taking it for granted that everybody just assumed this is, college, what, this is what you do. <laughs> yeah. A college degree is value added to society and you're yeah. going to have better economic returns. And I, I think we need to do a better job of explaining what that is. So Washington monthly is a um, national publication magazine out of Washington, DC, the editor there previously had been with U.S. News and World Report. Right, came in and I think a little, my words not his, a little frustrated with the U- U.S. News and World Report college rankings, which mm-hmm. may be the only ranking that a lot of parents are ever, yeah, ever really looking to. at. Yeah. yeah, on that ranking, there is not one public university that makes their top twenty, mm. and part of the reason is they really weight exclusivity. As part as, of that, as a high part of that, yeah, the more exclusive it is, the harder it is to get into. That must mean the better the school. Um, they come in Washington Monthly and look at a couple of different factors. Um, what is the relative investment to the benefit for the individual? Mm-hmm. Um, so what is that value proposition? How much yeah. are you actually going to move up the economic ladder with this degree? What are the opportunities for service and mm-hmm. the opportunities for research? Yeah. And looking at kind of those three-prong areas, and they do their own ranking. And some of the usual universities that we see, the Harvard, Princeton, Yales, yeah. they rank really high on this one still too. Yeah. Yeah, but so do a number of other public uh, and research universities. Yeah, so let's break that down a little bit. Uh, you know, most people think, oh, well, it, the most people 
think of the university experience as the exclusivity model, that if I go to Harvard, that's that's exclusive. If I go to Yale, if I go to Princeton, um, but as you're saying, the the ability to move up the economic food chain, so to speak, to have real economic upward mobility uh, is is really the test. And but a lot of those who go to Harvard and to Yale are already pretty high on the economic scale to begin with. So there, there's really not a lot of upward mobility in, in that space. Uh, and that's where a lot of the uh, the land-grant universities, state universities, uh, can really add a, a unique dimension. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, I don't want to get into just a history lesson, but that land-grant vision really goes back to a vision from a member of Congress yeah. in the middle of you know the 19th century, 1860, a guy named Justin Morrill, who was a congressman from Vermont, he was very concerned about this exact proposition. He felt yeah. at the time that higher education was basically just for elites. It was, and it, it was at the and time. It was Pri- yeah. primarily yeah. private Ivy League, liberal arts, private mm-hmm. institutions. And the vision of the the Morrill Act, which then created the land grant system, was, in his words, to create access for children of the toiling class. Yeah, um, to study the mechanical arts and you know uh, liberal arts and uh, agriculture and things like that. And that's really true to Utah State's core now, sure. Um, as it is to the Michigan states of the world, and mm-hmm. the Kansas states, and the Washington states, and our peer land grant institutions. And that vision is to provide access. Mm-hmm. Um, that vision is to provide research, um, and then extension and service as a part of that research. So we're yeah. not just doing research for the sake of public public uh, publishing an article, but really right. serving the communities and students yeah. get a chance to participate in that. So and that's, that's, an, that's such an important part, I think, in terms of uh, what happens at Utah State and other uh, places like Utah State, where it, it is about this service component and adding value to the community, uh, that it's not just publishing white papers that, you know, only your mother will read yeah. uh, and she'll only read half of it. Yeah, I was going to say maybe she'll but, read it. <laughs> but tell you it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, but that's one of the things I love about Utah State is there is this value added component uh, and again, based on on this finding in Washington Monthly, uh, Utah State ranks uh, right up in the top uh, 10, 12 uh, universities in the country in terms of this upward mobi- upward mobility model uh, in yeah. terms of the real value. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know we don't have time to get into like all the quantitative methods of how they define social mobility, but there's a couple of things that that are obvious. You know, what what are the earning potential, or what is the earning potential for that student after they graduate yeah. the degree? And as you said, a Harvard graduate's going to have high earning potential, but probably pretty high to begin, in, with. Yeah. To begin with. So that's where Utah State scores very highly on that. You know, yeah. ten years after they graduate, very high. One other indicator of social mobility is what's the probability they're going to pay off their loans. I mean, mm. that's something that a lot of policymakers yeah, are concerned with, and for sure, we have a great story of that in Utah. Yeah, um, I think Utah State ranked fourth in the nation on repayment. So basically, that's an indicator that. The investment the was value. worth it. it was, yeah, the, the when you can repay the loan and you can move forward and uh, build a life, that's yeah. uh, that's a big part of that. And that, that sounds kind of crazy to say that you know you get a college degree and you can't repay the loan or it takes you forever, but but that's a reality. That's the for, reality for a for lot of so many. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If you're just joining us, we've got Neil Abercrombie from Utah State University, uh, Vice President of Government Relations, joining us. Uh, we're talking about this upward mobility and this value add. What what do we actually get out of that college experience? Uh, Neil, we got just a, about a minute left. Uh, give us some other things that are going on at Utah State that maybe a lot of our listeners don't know about that are, I mean, Utah State has some cool factor to it. When you yeah. get up on campus there, what are some of the things happening that people should know about? Yeah, Utah State, of course, you know, it's gorgeous in Logan and Cache Valley right now. It's, it's a beautiful campus right there um, near Logan Canyon. 
Um, and it, it's it's really a great residential campus for our undergraduate students. I think 80% of our students live within a mile of campus. Oh, wow. So it's a great residential student life experience for those students. On the other side, for our faculty, we do some amazing research. I think this last year, Utah State did over $250 million in externally funded research. Wow. A lot of that funded from Department of Defense and mm-hmm. projects we're working on with the federal government, but a lot of other projects, land, air, water, yeah. education. So we're proud of that research mission as well. Um, and I think on the the other piece, we talked a little bit about land grants for a minute. Utah State has a presence across the state. You know, mm-hmm. our campus in, in Vernal and Blanding yeah. and and price. It's, and it's everywhere. I, yeah. when, when I used to travel the state as chief of staff, it was like, okay, it's Thursday. We must be at Utah State. We're in, we're in Vernal. We're, yeah. you know, we're somewhere else in the state, which is great. And that's important to our access mission. You know, yeah. That could be someone who's 60 years old and returning back to school with a family or you know, changing careers or something like that. And, and I hope Utah State is seen as a, a portal or an opportunity for that access to yeah, the great, learner. Great value add to the state of Utah. And, uh, and, and on this week with uh, our celebration of the Apollo program, some great things happening in terms of space and a lot of the research and, and work you're doing there. Absolutely. Yeah. We, on another segment, we can talk about growing plants on Mars. That's, yeah. <laughs> a, that's a research project at Utah State right now. So oh. that'll be in for another day. All right. We'll save that for next time. Very good. And and we'll we'll do our deep dive next time on the, the real critical piece, which, of course, is Aggie ice cream. So we'll, we'll do a full <laughs> breakdown on that. All right. Neil Abercrombie, Vice President of Government Relations, Utah State University, uh, one of the great guys in the state of Utah and uh, really doing a lot to extend the mission of Utah State, uh, not just throughout the state, but uh, around the world. Appreciate it, Neil. Thanks, Boyd. All right. When we come back, uh, we will be joined by Jim Ryan from ABC. We'll continue our conversation about celebrations of the Apollo 11 landing. Don't go anywhere. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Stay with us on KSL News Radio.